Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. First Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 1, he's writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, and I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He's talking about spiritual babies. They, in other words, they hadn't grown up and developed like they should have spiritually. How many of you know we need to be growing up spiritually? Not just growing up intellectually and physically, but growing up spiritually. Well, the church of Corinth, he was rebuking them. But still acting like a bunch of little babies. And he said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. You're still not able to handle spiritual things. See, See, the more in the mind we are, then the less we're going to be able to hear with our spirits. And God speaks to us through our spirits. That's how he communicates to us, spirit to spirit. God is not a mind. He doesn't speak to our minds. He speaks to our hearts. So if we want God to communicate with us, then we got to tune into his frequency. In other words, we got to get off the AM and get over into FM. Faith mode. Faith mode. That's where we need to be. FM, faith mode. We need to get over, if you're on AM... It doesn't matter what numbers you tune in there. If it's an FM station, you ain't going to hear what's coming across, what's being broadcast on the AM station. Right? See, well, I got my radio on. I mean, I'm attentive. I even have it dialed in to the scriptures. I mean, I've got it dialed in. Psalm 88.5 or something like that. Whatever you got. You're, you're dialed, but you're on the AM frequency. You're not on FM. See, we got to get over into FM. We got to get over into the faith mode. We got to get over where we're operating out of our spirit. Out of our spirit. Because if we're just operating out of our heads, just out of our thoughts, and we're conscious only of the things of this world, then even though he's speaking on this station over here, we're not going to pick up on it. So the Apostle Paul comes and he says, you know, I have a lot of things I want to share with you, but, you're, but I was only able to give you milk and not solid food for until now. You're not able. You're still not able. You're not able to receive it. Verse 3, for you are still carnal. Still carnal. Carnally minded. Earthly minded. Fleshly minded. For where there are envy. Strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You know, if we find ourselves over in envy and strife and fussing and fighting, even though it's the other person's fault, it don't matter. If we're in that place of strife, then you see, we're over in that carnal mode. We're not in the faith mode. We're in the flesh mode. We're the earthly-minded mode. We're not God-minded mode. He says, for you're still carnal for where they did it in verse 4. Oh, and he, he goes on and talks more about what their personal problems were. They're fussing and fighting what they were fussing and fighting about. And they were just carnally minded. And so as a result of that, they weren't able to receive the things God had for them. So we want to make sure we're not a bunch of carnally minded people. We want to be a spiritually minded group of people. Because we want to hear from God. And I think one of the... One of the quickest ways to tune yourself into him is by praising him. Praising him. And I'm not just talking about listening to some music on the radio that sings about God. I'm talking about just you, yourself, and the Holy Spirit just rising up on the inside, acknowledging how good he is, thinking on his goodness, thinking about what he's done for you. Become aware of his presence and just start praising him, thanking him. Because even praying, many times, people just stay in the carnal mode because they're just praying about earthly things. They're just thinking about earthly things, and they're just wanting God to take care of earthly things. But when you're praising him, it has nothing to do with you. 
It's not about you receiving. It's not about you getting something from God. You're not asking him. You're just thanking him. You're just acknowledging what he's done, what he's doing, how good he is, how amazing he is. Hallelujah. And this is the mode we're to be in all the time. The praise and worship mode. Let my mouth be filled with your praises all day long, the psalmist said. All day long, be full of his praises, acknowledging, thanking him, magnifying him, giving him the credit for every good thing. Because all good things come from God, even that parking spot. Did you thank God for your Christmas gifts? Well, I thank Charlie. Charlie gave me a nice Christmas gift. But, but did you thank God for working through Charlie to give you that Christmas gift? Because all good things come from Right? So we thank people for the part that they played in it because they didn't have to yield. They didn't have to do it, but they did. So we thank them, but then we thank God, our Father, from whom all good things come. We thank Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you see, if we'll do that and live that way, because some people know praise and worship is to be a lifestyle for Christians. It should be a lifestyle for us. So as we're living in this place of, of, of praising and worshiping God, then, I mean, we're ready to praise and worship all the time. Because all the time, we're praising and worshiping God. We're giving it, we're acknowledging. The Bible says acknowledge him in all your ways. One of the ways you acknowledge him is by thanking him. Thanking him in everything you do in life. Thanking him, thanking him, thanking him. Recognizing his hand in everything. Glory to God, he got us here this morning. And where is here, this place that he's raised up, this church, he's got us here. He's got things for us. We're excited. We're expecting to receive from him. I mean, we're always on the edge, always on the edge of expectancy, expecting God to do something, always ready to receive things from him. Because he's always looking to do things supernaturally, wonderfully in our life. Somebody say, God's got wonderful things planned for me. For every moment of my life. Right, but you don't get any more than you're thankful for. So a lot of folks aren't entering into the more because they're not really abundantly thankful for what he's already done and what he's currently doing. They want the more, they want the more, but man, let's be thankful for what we have already. How difficult you think it to praise and thank God up in heaven. Oh, my Lord, probably as soon as we step out of our body and see into heaven, we're going to start shouting. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Then the angels are going to stand there and look at us like, what took you so long? (laughs) Woo-hoo! Glory to God! He's finally getting it. (laughs) He finally just got it. Woo! (laughs) He's been woo-hoo all along. He's woo this morning. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. Woo, we woo woo by faith. See, now the faithless carnal people, they don't understand that. What's all that hooting and hollering and woo-hooing about? But these people are weird. These people are absolutely weird. I'm going to go turn my music on. I'm on a way to hell. These people are weird over there. I mean, making all that noise in church. Getting all wound up and excited. About God. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Well, we do it, praise God, because we do it by faith. Because by living by faith, the spiritual world is just as real to us as anything we could see in the physical world. Anything we can see in the physical world. See, we're not limited to the physical world because the spirit world is so real to us. Heaven is so real to us. God is so real to us. It's just amazing. His eyes are on us right now, and he's watching us right now, and he's taking care of us right now, and he's helping us right now. And he's leading us, and he's guiding us, and he's protecting us, and he's all around us. And see, we're aware of that. And the more we think on it, the more we just want to shout and praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So that when we leave our bodies, we just continue doing what we've been doing all along. Shouting his praises. Giving him glory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're going to jump back into the book of Acts this morning. We are ministering out of the book of Acts. Like I said uh, last time, we're not really, you know, ministering the book of Acts. We are and we aren't. It's just more of ministering out of the book of Acts. So so we're not like in a a rush or anything to try to actually go through the book of Acts. But uh, we're just going along for as long as the Lord leads us. 
we're just going to use Acts as the basis for what we're ministering here. And so we're looking at the early church because that's what the book of Acts is all about. It's the Acts of the earlier church. Acts of the early church. Not just the Acts of the Apostles, as some people will try to, entitle it, try to uh, title it. It's the Acts of the early church. That starts out mostly with the Apostles, but it doesn't stay there. See, the church starts learning how to walk in the supernatural power of God that they received on the day of Pentecost. That's when the originally the Holy Spirit was poured out and they received power from heaven. But then, of course, as you go through the book of Acts, more believers are being added to the church and they are all receiving that power. As they come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they learn about the gift of the Holy Spirit and they receive this power from heaven. And so you just see it all through the book of Acts and then they learn how to walk in that power. You know, we've got to learn to be skillful with this power of God that we have received. Because you can receive this power from God and yet not be skillful enough to walk in it, to flow with the Holy Spirit, to yield to the Holy Spirit, and to utilize the Holy Spirit's manifested presence in your life. We don't want to just have this power and then it goes unused. We never tap into it. We never utilize it. We don't flow with the Holy Spirit. We don't cooperate with him. We want to learn to flow with him. And so we were looking at the early church, and uh, we want to get back to the book of Acts. But then go on from there. I believe the church, for the most part, has lost some of the basic things. I'm talking about the church in general, not just, I'm not just talking about this church here. But the church in general has lost some of the most basic things that they were walking in back here in the book of Acts. How the church started out sets the precedent on how the church is to behave for the years to come. How it's supposed to be behaving today. What we're supposed to be doing today. So we look here and uh, we saw that the early church, number one, they were a praying church. They prayed continuously. Number two, they were an excited church. They were an excited church. They were full of expectancy because faith is full of expectancy. Then number three... They met together in one place. They came to a place they called church. They came together. They met together. We've got to meet together. They were united in one accord. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just born again, having the Spirit of God living on the inside of them, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We've ministered on that, explained the difference between the two. And they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke in this heavenly language. And we gave ten reasons for speaking in tongues. Or ten benefits to speaking in tongues. And you can go back and listen to all those things. And then Peter stood up on this day of Pentecost. This Jewish feast day. Because all these people from all different nations had gathered together for this feast. And they heard this sound from heaven. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit that came into the upper room where the disciples had gathered together. Where they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean it was a sign and a wonder. And so all these crowds of people, they came to see what is this sound? What is this? What is going on here? Think about it. No internet. No text messaging. Nothing like that. And yet, God knew how to get a crowd. He knew how to get everybody in that city to come and gather around that house. Friend, he's the same today. I said he's the same today. You know, we got to watch. The church has gotten so carnal. I'm talking in general, you know. Has gotten so uh, good at marketing. And has made marketing such a big deal, you know. And this is how you contact people. And this is how we reach people. And, and you get on, you know, you got you to use your Facebook. And you got to social media. You got to get out there and get the word out and get the word out. And I'm not necessarily against any of those things. But the church has become carnally minded in that it has leaned upon these natural things. And has forsaken some of these basic things like the power of the Holy Spirit. Like the move of the Holy Spirit. Like God's glory coming and drawing people to Jesus. Drawing people to Jesus in this place, in our life, in your life. 
Jesus himself said, he said in John 6, he said, no one comes to the Son unless the Father who sent him draws him. So people come because the Father's drawing them. The Father's drawing them. We gotta expect that. Expect the Father to draw people. To draw people. To give us favor. So that we could share the gospel with people. Share the good news with people. How many people know you're all here not because of some kind of clever marketing scheme? You're not here because of some clever marketing thing. You're here because the Holy Spirit drew you. He drew you here. That's why, that's why every one of you are here in this house. And you know, that's the kind of crowd I like. I don't like a carnal fleshly crowd that comes because their flesh was tickled. Something tickled their flesh. Because the thing about people that come because their flesh is tickled, you got to keep tickling them. you got to keep tickling them. So, you know, it's like you got to set people in the congregation that just reach over and just tickle them every once in a while. You, know? you, got, you just got to keep doing things. you got to keep tickling, tickling their ear. you got to keep tickling their senses. you got to keep ministering, in other words, to their five physical senses and to their carnal, their, their reasonings, their carnal mind. See, you always got to appease their flesh, appease their mind. See, that's not the kind of crowd I want. I want a crowd that responds to the Spirit of God. They respond to the Spirit. And there's something, there's something the Spirit of God has drawn them, has drawn them to, to me, drawn them to you, drawn them to this place, drawing them to worship. Because if he's drawing them, then they're not really coming to you or to me. They're coming to him. And it's all about him. We want, to people, we want to get people to Jesus. We're not just looking to get people in chairs. We're not just looking to, to fill a church. We're looking to fill hearts with the Holy Spirit. We want lives transformed by the power of God. Glory to God. That's what we're looking for. Amen. So we got to let the Spirit of God work. And, uh, and I'm not saying we can't use... Natural things. He works through natural things. But I'm just saying we have to watch because there's definitely a leaning upon those things, an emphasis upon those things, so much so that we're using flesh to draw flesh. And we're not utilizing the Holy Spirit to draw the spirits of men, the spirits of women to come into the kingdom of God. We want people drawn by their spirit to the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? And so Peter stood up to this crowd that had gathered together and began to preach to him. And uh, he began to declare the new normal. You hear a lot about these days. The new, this is the new normal. The new normal. I heard a college, a local college here in town. I, they were advertising their college. And he, and he said, we just, at such and such university, we just want to wish you a happy new normal. Happy new normal. Because their idea of new normal is all these regulations. All these freedoms being taken from us. And everybody walking around with, with masks on. Now, thank God. You know, we're using these things for a season and for a time. But it's not forever. It's not, it's not a new normal. It's anything but normal. It's anything but normal. So, so we do what we got to do during this time. But this is not going to be normal for us. This is all changing. But Peter stood up and he preached a new normal. He preached a new normal. And it wasn't about masks. It was about miracles. See, miracles are to be the new normal. He he was announcing the arrival of the church. He says, this is the last days. God's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. He was declaring that God's spirit, God's power now is available to everybody that comes to Jesus. And miracles are to be normal. How far has the church fallen from that? No, don't get me wrong. There's miracles here and there, you know, and sporadic and things like that. We've seen a lot of wonderful, miraculous things here in our lives and in this church and so forth. I mean, when I first got saved, I started seeing healing miracles. Things happening instantaneous, quickly. Amazing things happening. And it's been happening. You know, we can go on and on and on with, with testimonies of, of the miraculous. But it has not been the normal for the body of Christ. It hasn't been the normal. It needs to be normal thinking. That you and I are full of the Holy Spirit's power. For what purpose? To work the works of God. To work the miraculous 
in people's lives. To bring people supernatural help. Not just natural help. Supernatural help. And it should be this way so much so that we should just be constantly in expectation for it. And it stirs up the expectation in others to see the miraculous flowing in our lives. People should come to the church for the miraculous. Not just to be taught something. Not just to get educated. But to be transformed by the power of God. To be healed. To be delivered of stuff. Delivered. Delivered. I mean, I would say, but a year. And... Uh, Man, I saw people healed. Instantaneous healings. Uh, born, with, born with certain conditions. Healed instantaneously. Uh, alcohol addiction. Smoking addiction. Drug addiction. Boom. Instantly. Instantly. Completely delivered. In that first year of being saved, I see in those things. See? And that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. And I say the first year, that's important to understand because it's not like you have to, you know, you have to arrive at some kind of level of spirituality. Are you born again? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You have power to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover, to deliver them. See, and I believe according to people's expectations will be to the degree of how quickly they'll see the power of God manifest in their body and in their life. So we need to raise our expectations. We need to raise our expectations. It needs to become more and more normal to us. Like this, this is what happens. Oh, I fully expect to have it happen. Not, no more hoping and wishing. No hit and miss. Just hit it out of the park like Jesus every time. Don't you want to just hit it out of the park every time? Praise God. We get our miracle. We get our deliverance. And so Paul was preaching. Excuse me. Peter was preaching. And in verse 22 of chapter 2 of Acts, he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. Now, I don't know. It's such an exciting scripture. I don't mind looking at it again. But, but if you hold your place there and go to John chapter 14. So here, Jesus was a man. Notice it, it, it points that out to us. He's preaching the gospel, see? This is the first message Preached in the church age. The first church message right here. The first church message was ministered by Peter. And he preached that Jesus of Nazareth was a man. Do we have any mans in here? Womans. Yeah. Humans. Humans. Jesus was a human. That's what the Bible says. Now, we understand he was God from eternity past, but when he put on flesh and blood, he became 100% man. He was full man. And it says, attested by God. He was a man attested by God. In other words, the things Jesus did, he, he did by God. He did it by God. So he was a man that did things by God. Do we have any humans in here that can do things by God? Can God do some things through you? Yes. yes. The Bible wants you to understand that. That's why in John 14, in verse 14, verse 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. Now this is Jesus talking. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. I don't think we can hear that enough. I just don't think we can hear that enough. I mean, we're just looking in the mirror, you know. Here it is. There it is. He said it. I, I mean, this is to be normal for us. I, I say to you, he who believes in me, do have anyone that believes in Jesus? The works that I do, Jesus said, he will do also. Who's the he? The he who believes. The one who believes in him. He said, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these 
he will do because I go to my father. Well, what kind of works did Jesus do? Well, Acts 2.22 says he was a man attested by God to you by miracles. Everybody say miracles. Wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. So this is what he did through Jesus and Jesus said what he did through me, he wants to do through you the same works. Same works he wants to do through you also. And so he continues to preach. Verse 23, Acts 2. Him, talking about Jesus, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Boy, there's a lot there. Oh, hallelujah. First of all, I want you to notice, it says in verse 24, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Now, we know he raised up Jesus. But here, it doesn't just say he loosed Jesus from the pains of death. It just says he loosed the pains of death. He undid the pains of death. Now, uh, the psalmist talked a lot about this. And we see in, in Psalm 18, verse 4, where the psalmist said, The pangs of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. Now that word pangs there can also be translated. Cords. Ropes. And uh, the CSB translation says it this way. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. So death has ropes. The CEB translation says, death cords were wrapped around me. Death cords, it calls them. Cords. So we've got ropes, death cords. The ERV translation says it this way. Death had its ropes wrapped around me. A deadly flood was carrying me away. So, when somebody is gripped by death, it's the devil who is literally tying them up, binding them with ropes, with cords, these cords of death to, to destroy their life. Here the Bible says in Acts that it was impossible for death to hold Jesus. I like that, impossible. It was impossible for death to keep its cords wrapped around him. See, God the Father stepped back and he allowed the devil and all the demons of hell to come in there while Jesus hung on that cross. He allowed all those demons to come and even really before the cross, you know, once Jesus had surrendered himself to that mob that came and arrested him, it says they bound him. Well, you see, they didn't just bind him. Those people in the natural with physical ropes. No. Demons came. The powers of darkness came in there. And they bound him. Oh, yeah. They wrapped Jesus up with all these ropes. Good and tight. Because they thought, we got him. We got, I'm talking about the demons. The demons said, we got him. We got him. Some people know, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It's not about humans and what humans do to us. It's what's going on behind the scenes, what those humans are yielding to. See, they're, they're yielding to something else. They're yielding to these demons. Before those humans were able to lay their hands on Jesus, Jesus had already surrendered himself to demonic power. And so the enemy, the devil, had come in and bound Jesus, bound him spiritually, had these ropes, had these cords wrapped around him. And then they took him and uh, they beat him. They whipped him. They begin to take those whips and cut into his back. Lay stripes upon him. And then they took him and they crucified him. 
And death just death, death had its, its ropes wrapped around Jesus and just pulled him all the way down into the heart of the earth, right down into hell, which we'll see here in a little bit also. Took him down into hell. That's where Jesus actually went. He was bound by the enemy. But notice, it says, verse 24 again of Acts 2, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. You see, when God loosed Jesus from the pains of death or the cords, the ropes of death, he loosed you and I. He didn't just loose Jesus. He loosed all of us. He broke Satan's control that he had over mankind through death. So that we're no longer subject to the fear of death. We no longer have to be bound by the cords of death. Praise God. Actually, I like what Psalm 129 says in verse 4. It says, the Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. What are those cords? What's the cords of death? And death can come in the form of sickness and disease. Because sickness and disease, it attaches itself to people's body to try to kill them. That's what sickness and disease tries to do. It tries to kill people. Well, you see, that sickness and disease... In the, in the seen realm is really a cord or a rope of death in the unseen realm. Now get a hold of that. Understand, that symptom is the devil trying to bind you. That's the devil trying to wrap you up. Jesus was wrapped up. But it was impossible for him to stay that way. And guess what? Because of Jesus, it's impossible for you to stay that way. If you believe the word. If you understand what Jesus did for you. What did he do? The Bible says in Psalm 129, he cut in pieces the cords. He cut them in pieces. And what the Lord showed me is, as Jesus was tied to that whipping post. And they were there cutting into his, into his flesh. Cutting into his back. Laying those stripes upon him. The Bible says, by whose stripes? By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. 1 Peter 2.24. You were healed by those stripes that were being laid upon his back. And as they were cutting into his flesh, friend, the reason why Jesus was allowing them to cut into his flesh like that while he was tied to that whipping post was so that every one of those cords of death would be cut to pieces and the devil have no legal right to bind you with death anymore. He has no legal right to bind you with sickness, disease, and infirmity anymore. Why? Because Jesus took it for us. He took it for us. He took it for us so that you and I should not be bound. In fact, technically, from God's standpoint, it's impossible. It's impossible for someone in faith who believes this truth concerning what Jesus has accomplished for them to remain bound by a single symptom of the devil. We can't remain bound. It's impossible. It's impossible. So you have to have that attitude. Sickness? Disease? My life? Impossible. Impossible. So you got to have that kind of attitude. It's impossible for death to keep me bound. Why? Jesus cut the, Jesus cut the ropes in pieces. He cut the cords in pieces, man. How do you bind somebody with a cut to pieces cord? You can't put a cord that's been cut to pieces around somebody. So what the devil does is he tries to bring some shredded thing, some shredded cord, and try to wrap it around us with these pathetic symptoms. And we just got to look and say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And like Samson of old, who when they bound him with those ropes, he just loosed himself. He just loosed himself. Notice he loosed himself. Everybody say loosed himself. See, what does he say in Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 51 in verse 21. 
Therefore, please hear this, you afflicted. Are you afflicted? Has anybody been afflicted? Anybody dealing with pain? Anybody, anybody dealing with symptoms in their body of affliction? He says, please hear this, you afflicted and drunk or overcome, but not with wine. Thus says the Lord, the Lord and your God who pleads the cause of his people. God's pleading for us. God's not against us. In other words, he's not the one afflicting you. He's not the one behind the affliction. He's saying, you're afflicted? Pay attention. Would you understand this? God isn't the one afflicting you. He's the one who pleads your cause. He's pleading your case. He's fighting for you. He's your attorney. He says, see, I have taken out of your hand the cup. The cup of trembling. The dregs of the cup of my fury. You shall no longer drink it. Remember Jesus in the garden. He said, Father, if there's any possible way this cup should pass from me. Can pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. See, it's this cup of trembling right here. This cup of trembling. He says, the dregs of the cup of my fury. Judgment for sin. You shall no longer drink it. Don't you be drinking judgment for sin. Don't you drink judgment for sin. That's all part of being afflicted, see? That's judgment for sin, affliction. But he's saying, see, I've taken that, I've taken that out of your hand, verse 23. And I'll put it into the hand of those who afflict you. See, it's not me. I'm not the one afflicting you. But I'll put it in the hands of those who do afflict you, who have said to you, lie down, that we may walk over you, and you have laid your body like the ground and as the street for those who walk over you. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Praise God, unclean demons are not going to want to come near you. Unclean demons, uh, demons of infirmity, they're not going to want to come near you. Verse 2, shake yourself. He's talking to those who are afflicted. He's saying, now listen. Listen, you who are afflicted, I'm not the one afflicting you, okay? I'm pleading your cause. And uh, see, I've, I've taken that cup of judgment out of, out of your hand. I drank it. I went to the cross. I drank it for you. The cup of that fury, the cup of, 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 of judgment. He said, I've, I've drank that. Now, you, awake, put on your strength. Has God given you strength that you could put on? Oh, yeah. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. You got to put it on. I mean, that's the first thing you should grab in the morning when you get up. Forget about your bathrobe. Forget about whatever garments you want to grab in the natural. You need to go ahead and reach over. And you need to put on that beautiful garment of praise, number one. Come on. Put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You need to put that on. And she says, verse 2, shake yourself from the dust. See, you got to shake yourself. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. Oh, captive daughter of Zion. See, someone that's, that's afflicted is a captive. He's been taken captive. He's been arrested. He's been bound. And so what does he say? He says, rise up. Loose yourself. Loose yourself. Why can we loose ourselves? Because Jesus has already loosed the pains of death. He's already loosed the pains of death, praise God. So what are you doing bound with it? See, the devil, the devil knows if he can get away with it, then he can get away with it. But if we just don't let him get away with it, then he can't get away with it. See, we got to rise up and say, what, are you kidding me? Sickness? Disease? Infirmity? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and just loose yourself. Loose yourself from it. First, he says, shake yourself. Shake yourself. Loose yourself. 
Praise God. How do you do that? Lose yourself in God. Get excited about God. Get wound up enough about Him that you start to become a, a shaker. Start shaking yourself. Shaking yourself. Praising God. Magnifying Him and what He's accomplished for you. And recognize, you can't buy me with this mess. Got to have an attitude about you when these things try to come. You got to let the devil know that you know. And, and I mean, you know, you need, you need to know. I mean, it needs to be normal to you. You need to know that you know that you know. I mean, there's just a couple times uh, over the last week. Every once in a while, all of a sudden, I start feeling this, this pain in my neck. Not in my neck, but in my ear canal, you know. Well, I didn't sit there and Google it. I rebuked it. I smacked myself. Get out of there in Jesus. It's like a mosquito, you know. Devil's like a mosquito. Get out of there in Jesus' name. Touch my ear. Hallelujah. Shake, shake. I shook it off. I said I shook it off. Praise God. It left just, just as fast as it came. We got to get good at that. Shaking it off. Something tries to bind us. We loose ourselves. Why? Because he loosed us. Because he's or any kind of thing the devil tries to bind you with, you got to understand. Jesus has already cut the thing to pieces. He's cut the thing to shreds. Bless God. He has already set you free from the thing. We're not going to sit back and put up with it. Hallelujah. Now you got to have that fight about you. Now, you know, again, I believe a lot of it has to do with our expectancy and this being the new norm for us. You know, this needs to be normal for us. When it's not normal for us, see, it has to be as normal for us as praise and worship is. See, when, you, when it's difficult to praise and worship, it's probably difficult to receive healing. Let that one soak. Why? Because we've probably got our minds more on the natural than on the spiritual realities that are in God's word. Right? So we probably probably just not seen as clearly as we need to see. And so as a result of that, if there's a delay in praise and worship, if there's a delay in giving thanks, then there probably, there's probably delay in receiving. See? If we're quick to react to the flesh and give our opinion, then we'll probably be slow to respond to the Spirit and walk in what God has provided for us through Jesus. You see that? I'm just saying, this is a part of life. There's no condemnation in that. That's just helping us to understand why do some things take longer than others. But even if it takes a long time, if that's where we're at, that's okay too. Because we know the end result is to walk in total liberty, total freedom, and we will not be bound by anything. And it doesn't matter how many days go by, we just look at the symptoms and say, you're out of here. Ha, 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 I've been loosed from you. I don't get sick. I don't get afflicted. Jesus already was afflicted for me. Matthew 8, 17 says he himself took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pain. He took it all. He didn't take it in vain. He did it so I could be free of it in his name. Hallelujah. And so we fight. We fight. And if we have to bring some natural help into it, if you have to bring some more natural help into it and get some natural advice to help you along through this deliverance, this healing that is already yours, then praise God for it. Thank God it's available to us. Isn't God good? He's so merciful and patient. He's provided us all kinds of means by which we can lay hold of what he has provided for us. I mean, I did a, a whole teaching series on the healing techniques of Jesus. Healing techniques of Jesus. Uh, if you don't have that series, you should get it and just, you know, listen to it. And it's, uh, it's all the different healings in the ministry of Jesus through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All the different healings that he did. And there were different techniques, different methods that he used depending on the people that came to him for healing. So different techniques. And there wasn't just one way. That people received. There was a whole number of different ways people received. Because people's faith level was at a different place. Everybody's faith level is at a different place. And our faith levels can change. I got news for you. If you don't know that already. You know just like the gasoline in your car. I actually I noticed this morning that I need to stop at the gas station. Because I'm pretty low on fuel. I'm pretty low on fuel. I saw that this morning when I went to the gas station. 
when I, I know I need, when I looked at the gas gauge, I got to go to the gas station, you know, a few levels low. But you see, then I'll go fill that thing up, and man, I'll be ready. I'll be able to accelerate, you know, to high, high speeds for a long period of time. And not, not that I do that, but, <laughs> but I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about, you know, burning too much fuel because I got plenty in the tank. Faith is the same way. It's your spiritual fuel. And sometimes, you know, you can be filled up. You know, you, you come to church. Some of you pulled in here this morning and... <coughs> some of you, your car just about died. You know, you should never let it get that low. You should never let you, you never let your gas tank get that low. You know? I mean, you know, get the thing filled up when you're... Well, I can't, I can't preach that because I don't practice that yet, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about fuel in the... You can probably push that. I, ta- I take my car, you know, gas tank as far as I can, you know. Just, how low can you go, you know? It's, it's below the E, you know. I'm like, we're still going, praise God. I think I could still get to the store and home in time. We could fill this thing up tomorrow. I- I'm working on it. But we don't want to be that way spiritually when it comes to faith. Keep the thing filled up, bless God. Some of you need to pull in and say, fill it up. And and the attendant needs to look and say, weren't you just here yesterday? Yeah, fill it up again. (laughs) Top it off. Just keep the thing topped off. Keep plenty of fuel in the tank. And so, you know, faith is that way. Sometimes our faith is strong. We can come in and catch the devil out. And then, and then sometimes, you know, it's, it's just not quite there. And we're trying to figure out. Now, I just dealt with this thing last week. Now, what in the world? What, what, what happened? You allowed your faith to, to dwindle down. You see, you, you've, been, you've been burning it all week. And it's going to dwindle down. You got to keep getting filled up. Keep, keep keeping yourself getting filled up. Are you following me? See, you got to do that. So you have to know that about yourself. So some days you'll be stronger than others. But we want to keep ourselves in that, in that place where we're constantly strained, strengthened all the time, always full, always ready. Where healings, miracles, man, they just come. They come quick. They come fast. Can you say amen? Now, if it's not coming fast, what are you going to do? Sit there and suck your thumb and cry about it? Well, that wouldn't be a mature thing to do. The right thing to do would be to what? Get to the gas station. Get to the Word of God. Get over there and start pumping yourself full of Him. Full of life. Full of the Word of God. And depending on what you're dealing with, that's what you fill him, you f- fill yourself up with more. And sometimes you got to go and you got to pull up some teachings. You know, you read the Word, sit back, go to bed listening to some teaching. That's why we have things on our website, on our media page. You can go back and listen to messages. There's a search. You can search it and say healing or whatever it is you have need of. Type it in there. And then sit back and take some time. Invest. Invest in your spirit, in your faith, and fill yourself up. If you're not happy with how fast things are flowing and coming and going, then you need to invest your time and get yourself filled up. Can you say amen? Praise God. But we're getting it. Ain't no devil in hell going to tell us differently. We will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus took this. Bless God. I'm not taking it lying down. I'm shaking myself. I'm getting up and I'm fighting. See, it's so important to have faith in you. And that spirit man is going to determine the outcome of your life. For Proverbs 4 says, out of the spirit flows the issues of life. What's going on in your spirit is going to determine what's going to go on here. And so thank God we can invest things in us that will put us over in the future. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And we can overcome. We are going to overcome. We're not going to take any less. Why would we? Why would we take any less when Jesus has disarmed principalities and powers? He has defeated them and he's cut to pieces every weapon that the devil would try to use against you. Somebody say, no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. That's just how it is. 
It's never going to prosper. Now, he didn't say weapons won't be formed against you. Weapons are formed against us, but they won't prosper. See, we don't get uptight about the weapons. We get too happy about what Jesus has already done for us, knowing that it won't prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody shout, I got the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Man, this is the church. We understand Jesus cut these cords in pieces. He's disarmed and defeated the devil. He's given us authority over demons in his name. Now we trample on them. Not just in our own life, but in the lives of others. Now we can come and we can bring this gospel. We can bring this reality. We can bring this faith into other people's worlds and set them free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet. Let's thank him and praise him. Glory be to God for the marvelous things he has done. The marvelous things he has done. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Father. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.